Good morning, good evening, good night, good afternoon, whatever time you're listening in, wherever you're listening from. Shout out to my Spotify listenership, Apple and Google Podcasts, and YouTube if you're watching in. Thanks for giving me a reason to get dressed. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here. Be present and recognize that it's now, right now. Whether you're right now is working, flying, running, driving. Be thankful we're alive, baby. Failure can be frightening. However, as Winston Churchill reminds us, success is all about going from failure to failure without losing enthusiasm. This is I Will Not Lose podcast where we set out to prove everything is learned from failure and we must persevere and recognize it as one step closer to success. I'm your host, Tony Ortiz. Let's jump right in. This is I Will Not Lose podcast. We're here with Michael Frasetto, activist, community man, nonprofit. We got uh, event planner. Movement Moves Media, the list goes on and on, man, and you just keep adding every time I see you. Oh, man, I appreciate that introduction. That's real nice. Very kind. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So you got a couple things coming up. Um, We wanted to chat about that. I wanted to bring Mike on to have a conversation. I've known him through his activism and just kept in touch with him over the years, but then recently with Movement Moves Media, you had the Lehigh Valley Hip Hop or Lehigh Valley <laughs> Hip Hop Music Awards. That was a success. That was, you know, yeah, yeah. That 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 was a big one. That was a culmination of uh of many years. I would probably say about five years of uh, getting to know the the people, the movers and the shakers in the hip hop community in, in the Lehigh Valley. Um, you know, if, if if I'm gonna put on a show, it. I'm going to make sure that the right people are involved or, you know, as, as many as can be involved. Um, I wish I know at, at the end of the award ceremony, there was always, you know, two or three people that we left off the list that, you know, I wish would have been on um, or I wish would have been more involved in, in the show itself. But man, when you talk about the last 20 years of, uh, you know, there wasn't really ever a there wasn't really ever a, a awards show for for the hip hop community. Now you have the LVMAs, but hip hop was such a small oh. category in it. And you know, big shout out to them for doing their thing and having such a, a large platform. Um, I think, but people felt either underrepresented or like they didn't do due diligence in figuring out who was the movers and shakers. So, what kind of work goes into that? Like you said, like figuring out who's who because i felt that you represented the valley as a whole you put me onto a ton of new music i was just listening to music from there today you know so it has a lasting effect but yeah yeah well you know what it was you know building relationships and like just opening doors once you have a conversation with one person they introduce you to other people and other people and it just kept going like that for five years five years ago we came out with um you know, movement moves media. We 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 produced a a music video. A Something's got to give, and um, it was about the uh, uh, ending the gun violence here in in Allentown. That was in two thousand and eighteen. We had a Sonny George Oso and Fitted Cub at the time. They you know they were on that track, and uh, instantly it went viral. We had like seventy five thousand views in the first twenty four hours, and uh, it just went on from there. Um, they were on many different shows and and radio stations to you know oh, prom- promote, and that's kind of how we got into the music uh, scene in the Lehigh Valley. And then I realized, man, we have such talented artists, mm-hmm. musical artists here in the Lehigh Valley that really never got their 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 recognition. You know, like there's some other 
there's some other industries that recognize the best people every year. But here we go. Mm-hmm. We had hip hop that's been around now for 50 years. And here in the Lehigh Valley, we have top notch talent. Um, and and they never really were recognized at like a real legit award ceremony. Like you said, LVMA, you're right, man. Love them. Love them to death. Actually, they're the ones who introduced me into uh, Arts Quest okay. back, back in 2018, 2019. They wanted me to get um, uh, like our demographic and, and the hip hop into the LVMAs. But it just uh, didn't worry. And then COVID happened and they stopped their show. And then, you know, we were left. So uh, we were like, hey, we got to bring it back. And if we bring it back, we're going to we're going to highlight hip hop. Yeah. yeah, real cool. I like the different categories that you had highlighting different aspects of it. And then the show itself brought on beatboxers, dancers, represented the five elements of hip hop. And, you know, um, it was it was entertaining yeah for sure yeah yeah we tried to put on a good show um yeah the the beatboxer took a lot of people by surprise that was javar's brick house from yeah, yeah. Uh, from dear you know a lot of people yeah, husky pride <laughs> i went to school with him <laughs> yeah yeah you know everybody said that like we made one post and uh and like hey anybody know a, a beatboxer and everybody tagged him everybody mm-hmm. tagged him and, and man he was so he was so cool to work with um he was just so humble and just so appreciative to have that stage and to show his uh his talent in hip-hop because you know beatboxing ain't many people left doing beatboxing you know it's no like for him. sure yeah, that was awesome. a cultural thing man we he would he would beatbox for our rap ciphers back in Deerhoff in the hallways and stuff like after gym and everything yeah. back when we were all writing and stuff but it's awesome it's such a creative outlet and you know I took a break from music myself but to see people that have continued for 10 15 years and you really have to do it like we had uh tug mcgraw on the mm. and i just want to throw a disclaimer out shout out to everybody if we don't name you we're going to be dropping a ton of names this podcast of great music to check out and different things going on in the scene but you know when i had tug on he's talking about a fool's errand and you know, kind of creating and working on perfecting a craft, you'd think that it would line up with talent. Like all these talented people would be put on or be funded somehow or fed into the machine, but it doesn't happen like that. No, 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 no. It doesn't happen that way. Um, and then you see that here in the Lehigh Valley. I mean, our 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 talent pool here is equal to, to uh, and a lot of people say this, you know, this is how I, I, I came to this conclusion, but equal to to Philly and New York, you know, scenes, the talent here is equal to that. It's just we don't have the um, foundational support to be able to support those type of artists in this area. Like you'll get um, grant money and you'll get organizations that are just there to help local artists in like Philly and, and the bigger cities in New York and stuff like that to, to help uplift them, to connect them, to network them with the right people in the music industry. We don't have any of that here in the in the Lehigh Valley, very little. And a lot of it wasn't definitely geared towards the hip hop community. So that is actually part of the reason why, you know, we started Movement Moves Media back in 2018, because we just saw this big void in the Lehigh Valley of um, no organizational support for local artists. Okay, yeah. so go on Movement Moves Media for a little bit for those listening. You know, multifaceted. You have the events and also the video production services, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, marketing is 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 king in my mind. You know, and uh, you know, you could tell a story. You got to create content, and if people relate to that, they'll be interested enough to follow. 
Um, so that's that's re- really where it started. And then when you talk about content creators like like yourself too, I mean, we got some mm-hmm. very talented content creators here that aren't funded either. You know, uh, here in the Lehigh Valley, especially Allentown, um, and the ones that I you know work with closest for the last five years you know you got hitman uh angel yeah uh, you got Shout out to angel yeah you got you got tim foster um we live tv and 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 you got uh chris ormeno uh from illionaires uh, you know they they're just you know they're just workhorses uh, and and they perfected their craft <clears throat> from the last five six years when i first met with them to now their talent has increased tremendously mm-hmm. and um I got to throw another name yeah. in the hat, my, my guy Nick Anseo. Oh, oh, uh, Nick Asenjo. Asenjo. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. He, uh, yeah, he's a, uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's top notch, and he won the award at the hip hop show. Yeah, 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 definitely. That was the, probably the toughest. Like all the music decisions were hard, but that video one was tough because everybody has a, everybody has a style. Like you can tell yeah. a we live TV video. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. got that like grunge look to it. it yeah. It's it's uh. It's yeah. dope, man. It's dope. Yeah, I love how you how you mentioned that. They all have their artistic. In each one of their videos, you could see their artistic uh, capabilities or their artistic mind kind of come out in their videos. You could tell mm-hmm. the difference of how they cut it or what type of filters they use at different times. You could tell who it is once you start to look at their videos. Um, but yeah, I mean Nick Nick Asenjo, and then even even if you go further back now, you know you know you got Jack Nine. Um, oh yeah, man. Yeah. You know, big shout out to Jack Nine. Yeah, you know, Josh is yeah, you know, the godfather. I would say probably the godfather in this area for for you know videography and editing. Yeah, you listen to any podcast, anybody that says it, they shout him out as uh, you know, somebody that was that was either doing it at the time, and nobody could doubt the level that he's taken it to. You know, uh, he's got yeah. an artist nominated for the Latin Music Awards. Yeah, yeah, he's he, promoting that now. Yeah, he's so. top notch in the world. Yeah, you know, and and to be able to work with him because he worked with me creating content before I. You know, I've been doing activism work uh, for for since 2016, 2017, uh, 2006, 2007. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it's it's going on 18 years now, and um, uh, I got connected with Josh somewhere uh, around 2010 or 11 is when I you know started uh, you know dealing with him, and he was just so like like all the other uh, content creators, he was just so humble and just so willing to to work with us uh you know especially when it dealt with the youth he wanted to work and just say hey you know what this is what i can do and then kind of opened up our eyes that if you really want to push a message you're gonna need content you're gonna need content oh yeah Yeah. and it never ends never but go on to some of that with the activism some different stuff that you've done like i said that's how i had heard of you or heard about you you know whether it be notorious or infamous whatever you want to say Mm -hmm. you were shaking things up in the city weren't scared to make moves or call out systems yeah you know um you know the 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 truth is i i was just always like that i i was and i don't know what why i was like that but i always questioned things if somebody told me something i would want to know why like how did you get to that conclusion and and enough to try to teach people this stuff like why? Where's your information coming from? I was like that ever since I was in in elementary school, and I got in trouble for it because then when you know you push back at such a young age, you know the the authorities or the teachers and stuff like that in school, you know they they're like, why are you questioning me? 
a lot of them, mm-hmm. you know, especially, uh, you know, especially in the, in the nineties, you know, it was, a, so it was still conservative and I went to Parkland, you know, I, I was born on the East side, my, my dad and my dad's dad and my, you know, when my mom came from the Philippines, they, they all came here to Allentown, but then, uh, we were, uh, born, me and my sister were born by Keck Park. And then we, mm-hmm. before, um, before we started school around three, four years old, we, we, my parents moved, uh, about two blocks on the other side of the, uh, the border for the school districts. They saw the school district getting into some trouble and stuff. 80s, yeah, yeah. 90s. They said, Hey, this ain't for our kids. They moved over to Parkland and, uh, you know, at Parkland in the nineties, I mean, I was going, I, I was going to school with farmers and stuff like that. You know, it was very mm-hmm. different back then. Um, really I was, I was one of the kids. I mean, I was the only Filipino, you know, I was, I was of color. There might've been in my elementary school, two others, you yeah. know? So, uh, you know, and then I'm the one questioning them. So I got in trouble, you know, I got in trouble a lot. So that activism was just always part of me. You know, my dad was part of a union. Um, you know, he was a mailman in Bethlehem for 30 years and, uh, you know, he, he questioned authority too, management, you know, why, why are they doing this? We should band together, you know, to, to kind of have fair conditions for workers, you know, so that was just always in my mind. And, uh, um, I thought there was no problem with it. I thought when people band together at a young age, I thought when people band together, good things can happen. And, uh, you know, it got into me going through high school, college, uh, you know, um, and then that's when I got in, involved in, into, uh, uh, into, uh, activism work. Uh, my second year of college, I started with the Weed and Seed Foundation. It was a President Bush, um, had this Weed and Seed Foundation and they had a program here in Allentown, 2006, 2007 was the last years of it because 2008, the president changed. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was the last year of, of the Weed and Seed grant money. And at that time it was, a uh, Sam Martinez was, uh, the executive director of that. And some people that are still in the activism world and nonprofit world today that are still around today. I remember meeting them, you know, almost 20 years ago now, you know, back in, in the Weed and Seed Foundation. Um, and the first thing was on Ridge and Tillman, we opened up a boxing gym. Oh, we opened okay. up a boxing gym that Louis Melendez uh, was uh, was the head trainer for there. And uh, he did he trained me a little bit in boxing too when I was a teenager and stuff like that. And uh, to be able to, uh, you know, give back and try to set that up for him and like, set up the chairs, sweep, sweep everything, uh, you mm-hmm. know, uh, welcome guest in on the grand opening and stuff like that. It was just like really exhilarating for me. And I was like 19 at the time. And I was like, wow. And I was a troubled teen. So, you know, doing something good like this and feeling like, wow, when people come together, a community can really do special things that really affect people. Um, ever since I was 19 on that first uh, project, it was no turning back. I was just like, I, I want to do this all the time. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's great when you could get something back from giving, you know, whether I don't think you could really go wrong, at least for myself, giving content out for free, giving education. You know, I always try to support local artists, not just by sharing or liking their stuff, but like literally hiring them. Like, you know, I have a few artists in my inbox right now that I'm looking through their portfolio, trying to sub some work out to them. And, you know, I'm buying music if I get a chance to or leaving the streams on 
constantly to help boost numbers. But I know that artists don't get as much for that, even just reaching out to people specifically. But for you to get something back from the activism and get some sort of joy to keep doing it, you know, you're in for the right reasons. Like it's not for the notoriety. It's not for your picture in the paper. Yeah, no, actually, to be honest, I despise that stuff. You know, it's it's a it's it's really an intrinsic um, uh, motivation for me. Just that feeling you get when when you give back and and you're not really looking for anything in return. You're just you're just looking to do the right thing. You know, you know, people go like, you know, oh, you know, if somebody's looking to do the right thing all the time, they're they're looking for something. No, there's people out there that just want to do something that's, you know, that that's right. Or, you know, that feels good. Um, so, yeah, I've been, you know, going on almost 20 years now. And, you know, I, it's odd that we're talking about this. And I don't talk about this too often. But, like, I always feel, especially, like, the last 10 years, maybe, uh, I always feel like I got one foot out. Like, I'm going to step away from activism and, and the nonprofit world. And I'm going to, I don't know. Then I think about it. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? You know, yeah, I guess what concentrate on myself, concentrate on my family, and uh, you know, maybe try to make more money. There was a time uh, where I tried to make more money, and, and uh, uh, that was a, uh, you know, uh, after I did the walkouts uh, for Allentown School District back in 2015. Obviously, I got fired after that, and yeah. it had a legal battle and everything like that, um, uh, which we could get back to. But I, I was facing nine and a half years for that. Um, if they wanted to throw the book at me, but yeah, I didn't know that. I didn't even know it came close to them throwing the book at you like that. Well, you know, it it's not that if they wanted to Pennsylvania law, they could have thrown that 426 counts of corruption of minors. They could have yeah. thrown that at me concurrently and it would have been, you know, 30 days for each count, nine and a half years, whatever. But, uh, but you know, the chance of, of that ha- happening with me having a pretty clean record, it, yeah. it wasn't really going to happen, but still a little scary. Yeah, know, for when, sure. When you're for going sure. in front of the judge. And, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I tried to make more money one time right after that when I got fired and I got into the solar industry and I was like, you know what? I, I'm just going to put my head down and try to make as much money as possible, you know, and I'm going to, and I'm going to grind, grind, grind. And, you know, I've been in the solar industry eight years now, but in those first two years after teaching for six years, uh, 2016, 2017, 2018, I worked really hard in the solar industry and, and made a lot of money. But during that time, it was probably the most unhappy that I was. And I realized it's not sustainable. I don't want to just, you know, burn and turn and, and make a lot of money and, and work. I, yeah. I, the money wasn't what made me f- happy, you know? Um, you know, it's nice getting that check in. You have more financial freedom, but I don't want to waste years doing that. And and that's what was happening. And, uh, you know, being able to not be happy and then bring that into the house and everything every day and, and not really be present in the moment with your family and stuff. It's just not something I, I didn't want to continue to do. Oh, that's cool that you made that choice, though. I mean, uh, at least you got to taste it, you know, Um, you got to taste and see on the other side that it doesn't work out that well. You know, Um, there's always things you want to do. I I realize you're uh, is it your first kid. Yeah. Yeah. Two two year old. Yeah. Yeah. Two and two and a half. Yeah. Awesome. That'll change your perspective (laughs) on everything, too. Oh, yeah. You're telling me. (laughs) 
you know, I think about, um, and it's great because luckily my son, my, my kids are older, but my son is into making music. He's a singer. And so we got the studio right over here for him and he's been on the podcast. So it's cool. He was, uh, he was on the app trying to figure out he's into producing and trying to mix with his vocals. I'm like, that's a great age to get into it. Like 13, you know, he's 13. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You ask a lot of these, you know, seventh, eighth grade, you ask a lot of these local artists, when did they start? And that's, that's cool. But, you know, I wanted to get back to, it's amazing to see that you had some sort of adversity to work through because especially like activism, there's a lot of popularity in activism. Like when somebody sees you as the person that can get their voice heard, you're like the megaphone and they're feeling a pain, but they're too scared to go against the powers that be or whatever. You become that beacon of light. Like you can, there's a lot of really popular activists, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I agree that, I mean, it's a, the reality of it is, is it's a burden, you know, to, to it's, it's a big, uh, it's a big mental burden. Um, that that's part of the, uh, to be an activist that it that's part of the thing that a lot of people you know they they try to glorify activism it is a it is not a uh it's not an easy life to choose if you want to be an activist you know uh they, the pressures that come on you uh because you know you got those uh systems that you're talking about the the people in power that they're in power and they see somebody that could you know, move a thousand people, you know, um, in the streets and question what they're doing, you're obviously on their hit list. You know, you, they, they don't, they don't want you around. And that, especially in Allentown, it's, it's a very small, it's a very small clique that, that kind of runs this city, uh, who, who like chooses what happens and when it happens. Uh, and you know you piss off one or two of them they're all mad at you and they're all going to yeah. they're all going to uh shun you and they're all going to kind of not want to deal with you and then that just makes life a lot harder it's harder to navigate then but then i re- and that happened to me you know i realized that happened to me before the walkouts uh, 2013 2014 and then when we did the Allentown school district walkouts it was like hold on i get this game uh, they'll never accept somebody who's not in their circle already you know they're they're not going to accept new people in. They they right. want to do what they want to do. So that's why at that time, you know, I've realized it's okay. It's okay. What I feel is it, this is right. You know the the kids were screaming for help. Allentown School District was in shambles, just almost like it is now. You know it's just, it's maybe a little bit better, but it really never really recovered. Um, those are some of the worst years in Allentown School District. Um, and we could talk about. The mismanagement of money, $12 million gone missing, 420 teachers that or staff that was let go that year. Uh, there were 16 rape cases with children. Oh, God. Yeah. And a lot of people don't know about this. A lot of people thought, oh, that, that walkout. Oh, yeah. They were protesting. They didn't know why we were protesting. You know, and that was... And that was the thing, like uh, even even the, uh, you know, 69 News Morning Call, they when we would say the stuff constantly over and over, they would never write about it. Yeah, yeah. I noticed yeah. that from my perspective on an outside. Mm-hmm. I remember that day. I remember I drove by, Alan, when you were out there with the megaphone and yeah. um, 
as I went to the news, cause I want to see what's happening and stuff. And I'm sitting there with my business partner and he's like, yeah, you know, they're mad. They don't have books. And I'm like trying to look for a message. Like, what is the, what is, you got my attention. What's the message? And 69 news, it felt like they were grabbing. I don't even know if it was 69 news. The report that I saw seemed like they were grabbing people that didn't necessarily either know the reason why yeah, or it yeah. wasn't like a unified it was just th- and yeah. so you get that out it was almost like occupy wall street where they're not going to grab the brightest people who understand the message and give them a microphone because that just escalates the protest you know yeah, yeah. they're gonna have whatever message it was so i remember i reached out to you back then we could probably go back to yeah. our facebook messages yeah, yeah. and i was asking what's you know what's going on with that yeah but, yeah. yeah yeah uh you know, I, I learned a, I learned a lot. You know, during that, and and one of the things I learned is is to create your own content at that time. You know, I realized the importance of that and creating your own news and your own narrative. Because if you don't create that content, uh, the powers that be or whoever uh, runs media in, in your local area, um, they get to choose whatever whatever narr- narrative that they want. And that's what happened at that point. We just didn't have enough manpower. We didn't have enough content. We didn't have enough uh, organization funding to be able to do that. So then I, you know, after that, after the court case and stuff, uh, uh, shout out to Gary Aztec, uh, you know, if you uh, and the ACLU, if you, if you ever need a good lawyer, I mean, he's a legend in Pennsylvania, people who know, you know, criminal law and, and civil activist uh, law in, in uh, civil liberties in, in, in Pennsylvania, I mean, Gary Aztec is is a legend, okay. a living legend, and uh, he came on in a case like this would be be money, you know, lots of tens of thousands of dollars, and he did it pretty much pro bono. He just because he loved the cause, he agreed with the cause. Um, anyway, he he got us off, and uh, guy, man, you should have seen the court. You should have seen the courtroom when he walked in because I met with him personally before, obviously, um, mm-hmm. uh, before the case started in uh, June of uh, 2016. But uh, we had uh, the Allentown School District had nobody in their stands and we had about 60 to 70 people in our stands and um, our, <laughs> we're all sitting down and my lawyer walks in late mm-hmm. and he, he's wearing a cowboy hat with shades like those rainbow shade glasses he has a big gray and black beard that goes down to about you know his chest and he walks in with cowboy boots and spurs on (laughs) and he comes in with this big paper bag and he puts it right down and instead of going down to his seat he goes straight up to the uh judge and we're all sitting down waiting you know it's gonna get started soon he goes to the judge's bench um it was a judge karen divine and he pulls out of this bag a gallon of honey, a gallon jar of honey. He uh, and gives it to the uh, judge. She says thank you and puts it under her bench and then starts starts the trial. Later, I realize he's the president of the Lehigh Valley Beekeepers Association. <laughs> so he gave her a gallon of honey and started started. We started the case, the trial, and it was a. Uh, it was almost like a comedy hour. He had the people rolling and laughing because <laughs> on his cross-examination of the principals and the people from Allentown School District, oh man, he, he was just so funny. And uh, it was just kind of kind of made like a mockery out of it. It was just like, there's no way this kid, you know, supporting, you know, these, these students should be going to jail for this, you know? And uh, 
and it ended up being, a, I got found guilty of three, but they were dropped to summary offenses, so it was just a fine. And I remember paying my first fine at that time, and I was broke. I, I put all the money we had, uh, all the into money the I cause. had into the cause. Yeah. And uh, the first payment comes, it was a fine of $550. I, I didn't have that money back then, man. Teachers make, what, people yeah. think teachers make money. We made $9 an hour. That's what it ended up being where I was working 60, 70 hours a week. Um, but uh, I paid my first $75 secretary uh comes out and goes just wait just wait goes back to judge karen divine and comes back out and she goes the judge says you don't have to pay anymore so i just paid 75 dollars, <laughs> and that was it <laughs> there you go man yeah there you go but it's the lesson learned and that's what my yeah. that's what my listeners tune in for like we go with the whole success because everybody wants to hear the person that's you know protesting at the super bowl and has a million followers on instagram like let's focus on the stories like in the beginning you're at it 20 years now you're young you're healthy <sighs> You might got another 20, 30 years of doing this. So who Whoa. knows the what you can change and what you can move. But even just to be able to have that recognition without the community. I mean, this isn't you have Reggae Fest coming up. Mm-hmm. This isn't the first time you've done that. I saw the videos from successful events. How many years now? Uh, of of Reggae Fest? Was last year the first no, or no, second? No, this is gonna be the fourth year of fourth Reggae year. Fest. Yep, yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're looking for a big one this year at Steel Stacks. You know, Arts Quest has been great. Um, you know, Cassie Hilgert, Patrick Brogan over there at Arts Quest, um, you know, and, and a lot of other other staff members, man, they, they've been just so great uh, to Movement Moves Media. I know, um, you know, they, they brought us on, you know, seeing that we could help them with their uh, DEI goals. And, um, you know, uh, we've been doing a good job bringing them a, a new demographic that they had a tough time reaching. And uh, it's been it's been great uh, having the partnership with them. And, uh, you know, we have about five, six shows there a year, but Reggae Fest is definitely our our flagship. Uh, it's happening uh, July 6th uh, this year. Um, we actually just got done with the lineup. The lineup is is amazing, uh, especially if you're in the reggae scene. Um, we're actually mm-hmm. going to go from two stages to three stages this year. Um and uh, we're looking for about 15,000, 20,000 people this year. Last year, we had over 12,000. Um, and our goal is to grow it to the largest free reggae festival in the country. And in about three to five years, we think we could hit that goal. Um, there's one that, you know, we're not in competition with them, but there's one down in uh, Atlanta, Georgia every year called Be Reggae. And um, they have uh, uh, the largest uh, free reggae festival in the country. And uh, yeah, we're trying to be just like them. That's dope. Yeah. That's it's, super it's, dope. It's 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 a great it's a great genre, you know, reggae, and it's uh, you know, it goes well with activism. <laughs> yeah, that ain't, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? And you know, yeah. it's just a uh, it's happy vibes. You know, it's uh, it's uh, speaking about some real stuff. You're right. It goes with activism too. So maybe that's why I always connected with it. Um, but um, you know, it's just such a the the feeling you get, the atmosphere you get when you go to reggae fest is just of pure love it's like it's like a safe place to be at like you don't really have to worry like everybody is there for a good time and making sure that everybody else around them is having a good time and it's uh it's just that that energy that i realized is so powerful when you could get people from different classes and from different demographics in this city into the same arena or under yeah. the same roof that's when the magic happens because when you have when you have a just a hip hop show or just a country show or just a art mural show 
the people from that community go to that show. So basically, we're segregating ourselves from our own arts community. We're separating ourselves. But when you mm -hmm. could find something where you could bring all those different sub-communities together, that's when the real networking happens. And that's when the real, what I like to call just the real magic happens. That's when people from a different walk of life, a different class, uh, could meet somebody there and make a connection where then they collaborate for years to come and create mm -hmm. a new relationship that maybe would have never happened if they didn't go to an event like that. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. It's yeah. crazy. I was just thinking about the level of exposure that a new artist needs. Like you're no longer discovering a new artist from a random Facebook post and saying, oh, I'm going to dive into that right now. You know, like yeah. even there's projects that I want to check out. Like I've been really into Johnny Bill's latest project yeah, yeah. and I saw the marketing for that super long ago. You mm -hmm. know, I had heard of who he was and never went in and checked into his music. So I'm thinking that's just one example of somebody who it took a while, but yeah. even through the the music awards that put me on to a few people, um, just tapping back into the local scene, listening to podcasts yeah. that, you know, these artists aren't afraid to go out on different podcasts and connecting with them on that level. It's kind of like, all right, now I want to hear what you have to say in this sort of music or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. And like I said, I mean, we agree on this. I mean, the talent pool here in Lehigh Valley is is, is top notch. I remember we had a, a show uh, with a cruise control, Johnny Bill's, uh, you know, a, a group, um, you know, uh, Alex Cruz, who who grew up here, he has actually friends with my cousin growing up and going to school, and then he moved down to Tennessee, but he's still doing his his thing and managing it. And uh, Cruise Control is a great team. And, um, you know, we had a show in July at ArtsQuest, and we had some old, and these are, you know, younger hip hop people. We had, you know, a bunch of cruise control there. We had Macville there. And uh, shout uh, out to Macville. Yeah, yeah. I discovered him this year too. He's, he's top notch too, man. And then you look at his pedigree and uh, uh, where he came from. I mean, his, he came from, you know, people who started hip hop here in the nineties, in the nineties mm -hmm. here. And he's, you know, the, the offspring of, uh, of that. So yeah, he, he's definitely got it running through his blood. Um, and, and it, and it shows, um, same thing with Bez music, you know? Um, but, but, um, we had a show in, in arts quest and, uh, uh, July and, I had some old school hip hop people there in attendance. We had about 200, 250 people there. And there were some old school hip hop people that came out uh, from Allentown, Bethlehem. And you could tell, you know, it's a different, a different generation, you know, the, the baggier pants, the, the mm -hmm. fitteds, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> those like, you know, the gray on their beard and hair. I'm like, oh man, this is how like I grew Tim's. up. Yeah, like <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. And, uh, you know, they were sitting around. You know, standing around and listening to these new generation hip hop artists with live bands backing them up. You know, it wasn't just them. It, they had real live music playing behind them. And, you know, I'm walking around, you know, and, and socializing with, with the people in attendance. And they're like, yo, who are these people? Like, like I, I go to a show down in Philly and it's the same, same level, same level here. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, man, it was it's it's great. So I mean, Cruise Control is doing their thing. You know, uh, Black Dre, you know, Eric Rose, Alex, uh, Johnny. You know that that's some of the top notch talent here in this area. Especially, man, when you when you could perform with live music and live instruments backing you, that's a that's a whole different level. That that's knowing music, uh, uh, 
at a higher level. Yeah. I feel like Johnny was talking about that on a podcast about this, about the live. I'm not I'm sure he's done more live <laughs> music than just one, but yeah, yeah. he was talking specifically about playing with a band. So that's super cool. Yeah, the yeah. performance is at the actual thing. Shout out to Quasi the Artist. If not for that snow, we would have had his episode dropping. Um, oh, we still got to yeah. record. I got him on the schedule. Yes. Yes. But yeah. He's, he's, I, he's a real talent too, man. Love him. I discovered him. I actually ran into Quesa at the America's Hotel. He was mm-hmm. shooting a wedding and I was there. I think I was picking up a check or something like that. And I saw his camera and we just got to talking. So I was actually filming too. And I have my little cell phone on the gimbal and stuff. And he's got like the black magic with the whole rig. And I was like, I put mine away and I was like, so what you got there? And that was, it was funny. But then we ended up, you know, you realize you have a ton of mutual friends and then you see him at Empower 610 Day and you start listening to the music. And for a while, I was even, um, I got to get back into it, but I was playing that gospel music, like literally just playing his album front to back, All Praises Do, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. in the morning when I got up and getting ready. So it was, uh, it's nice that... I mean, it's out there, it's free, and music lives like forever. So even like uh, Phase One dropping four albums last year, that gave me something to listen to constantly. And then each of his artists have back catalogs, so you could go down a rabbit hole. I mean, I'm just waiting for somebody to have heard the music awards and just say, okay, cool, somebody curated what they voted on as the best. Let me just start there, because it gets so deep. I mean, even if you go back to... Artists that you'll see that like, um, I don't want to say left the area, but, you know, they're on tour and they're touring the world. You know, King Magnetic, yeah, Whitney yeah, Payton. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, we reached out to them too. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But it's all uh, it's all a Lehigh Valley music thing. Um, and you know, Lehigh, Lehigh Valley, when it comes to music, it, it, it had that pedigree. It was, it was a haven for music back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, um, you know. Because anytime some of the top artists, uh, whatever genre you're talking about, when they were on their tours and they went from Pittsburgh or to Philadelphia, Philadelphia to New York, Leah yeah. Valley is in the middle of all of that, you know, so so they would stop here and have shows. So um, there was always top notch music in this area where there were every weekend there was some top notch talent in the country or the world that was playing here. And then it kind of, you know, kind of went away in the 90s, early 2000s. And uh, I feel like it's... Uh, it's on its way back up. It's just absolutely we need that we need that organizational support. But that comes, I strongly believe that comes from a grassroots uh, uh, collaboration where the the independent artists that we're all talking about now, where they work together uh, to be able to uplift not only themselves but the other artists that are very talented too that just don't really get the recognition. I think that grassroots collaboration uh, needs to happen in order for us to get some some eyes on us where there's real donors and real grant money that is there to support the entire movement. And I think it'll happen. I hope it happens. What do you think stops it? Is it like egos? Is it? Uh, yeah, you know, you always hear that. You know that egos, egos are there to stop it. Um, yeah, I, I, it, I, but I wouldn't say that it's just egos. You yeah, know? no, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not. It's, it's a, a lot mix of things. of things. It's a mix of things. Like I had Gil Thompson on here, local yeah. rapper, and he was talking about how 
important it is to have a team. But a lot of the times in like the 90s, early 2000s, everybody wanted to be the rapper. You know what I mean? Like you can't have a band with four drummers. Well, maybe you can. I'm sure there's (laughs) Slipknots and all this sort of stuff out there. But, you know, it's figuring out what your lane is. Like I think uh, early in my career, you know, I was in audio engineering with... Nadi Nuisance, who uh-huh, was yeah, uh, yeah. nominated as a best producer. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. You know, that was probably, ooh, I don't know, 2010, maybe a little bit earlier. Um, and then I sat there and I said, man, I can only engineer music for like, I don't know, two hours, but I could design for like eight. I'm just going to work on doing stuff for artists, mixtape covers and, you know, nightlife club flyers. But that's my contribution to this area. Like, I hope at some point somebody would say, all right, those I've done a lot of logos for this area. So even if somebody doesn't say he's the nightlife flyer guy, you know, they might hold somebody else as the king of that. I've literally branded businesses. You can drive around the valley and see my artwork, you know, all down Hamilton Street or something like that. You got to kind of figure out what your lane is and what talent you can bring to yeah. To doing that, you know, like oh, yeah. I, I hope I, I'm making sense. Oh, 100%. Yeah, you know, that, that that's team building, that's team building 101. You know, uh, you know, when I when it came to uh, uh, me building this nonprofit movement moves media back in 2019, I, I knew that when I was building the board, you know, we can't have all the same people, you know, here on the board, you know, that are talented in the same genre uh we we need people from other you know that are professionals or experts in different things some in marketing some in social media some in some in performing some in video editing some in photography some in <clears throat> we have an elder on the board who's 92 years old who's who's sharp he's just amazing walter beach um <clears throat> he he, pl- he played actually <clears throat> he played in the nfl uh, back with uh, Jim Brown on Cleveland. He was a cornerback. Um, wow. Yeah, he's he's an amazing guy. And, uh, you know, we have Nice nice Jones, who's who's on the board, and he's always been a part of, uh, you know, always in the background of uh, the things that um, I did in activism. You know, to be honest, I feel like I wouldn't be here without him. So, um, uh, you know, so I had to build a board that had all these different experts in different fields and have them work together. And that's, that's the tough part. So when you say, you know, when you say, that question um you know why hasn't that happened here with artists uh, in the music scene in the lehigh valley i think that level of collaboration of building the team and knowing your lane like you said this people do this this is your this is your section to take care of and then have other people say this is your section this is your section but if we all work together if we all do our part right it's going to run like a well-oiled machine and i I haven't seen that yet. I haven't seen that yet. Um, we're get, I feel like we're getting closer and closer in the last five years, but we still got a lot of work to do to get there. Well, maybe social will help it out. You know, I think there's a lot of work to do, but if you think about the fact, like think about uh, phase one and Tug McGraw, I keep bringing them up, but they yeah. connected through MySpace. And back yeah. then you had to like, yeah, everybody had a MySpace, but like, you weren't just out networking with people in your area like like that. Like nowadays kids 
know people from other geographies just through their profile through mm -hmm. TikTok and stuff. So I always like to think my son's generation of content creators has more eyes out there. I mean, maybe it's more saturated, but I don't know. the The egos will always come into place. But I think it's possible. And I think there's tons of teams doing great work and putting out what they can. The other thing, too, is we got to support them. Like, we got to go to shows and buy merch and share the music. You yeah. know, like, there's there's some onus on the consumer yeah. for why somebody's not able to do nothing but create music. You know, it doesn't mean they're bad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, you bring up a good point, uh, you know, the consumer, I, but I, I, I do believe that the consumer is getting more conscious, um, that they realize, you know, there's a push here now of getting away though, away from the phone, spending more time in the moment instead of on your phone, even though the phone has taken over many people's lives, you know, mine included, um, but I think we we got into that so deep in the last 20 years or so, even in 25 years, that I think there's a, a social movement to try to get away from that and then spend more time building relationships with the people right in front of you or right next to you. Yeah. Um, and that's where real collaboration, I feel from just from my experience, that's where uh, things happen. When, when you... When you put down the phone, when you put down, you know, get connected. Yes, that's a great way to get connected. But when it comes to really building a relationship with somebody and working together where you trust yeah. that person and that person trusts you, that trust is going to happen in an in-person in -person meeting. In-person meeting, get to know them well, maybe even get to know the family, you know, show them that you care and they care about you. And it that's when you can that's when you could really really work with somebody and know that hey th there's i don't i don't i don't have to deal with an ego i don't have to worry about should i trust this person or not i knew this person now for 5 6 years we're working together everything he says is his word everything i say is my word and we're going to keep building together that's when those connections become really powerful and i really feel that the only way <clears throat> That those connections can become that powerful is if people spend more time like this, yeah, person to person. I yeah. agree with yeah. you a hundred percent. That's very well said. There's a reason why I have the studio here. I have the tech to do live interviews or whatever, but I just I don't shout out to everybody that does Zoom podcasts. You can bring great guests from all over the place, but yeah. it's just not the same conversation. It's not. Yeah. It's you know. Those connections are definitely lost, but I mean, I, I could say it right here, man. We, I mean, this is the deepest conversation you and me ever got into. Absolutely, we, we never sat down like this and talked for an hour about some of these, you know, conversations. You know, we had some small talk here and there for the last, you know, eight, ten years, whatever. But <clears throat> we're we're actually sitting down, you know, a few feet from each other and talking about some, you know, some, you know, serious topics. When was the last time that happened between me and you? No. Yeah, so thanks. Thanks for sending this Definitely. <laughs> I remember uh, it's probably the first conversation we had that you weren't in a suit. I remember we, in the vegan butcher. Shout out to the vegan butcher. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so you got DJ Focus podcast coming up Thursday, right? You going to be on there? <laughs> Kaleem, yeah. And, and Kwana. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to Kwana Tatted yeah. and 
Yeah. Kaleem. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, uh, yeah, they they uh, invited me on. I, I, it's Thursday, right? Uh, yeah, I'm going. Yep, I'm going over to his uh, his studio out, out in Easton, I believe it is. And uh, you know, I've been I've been watching it, and uh, you know, he's a uh, he's, you know, I'll tell I'll tell you a story about him. So, <laughs> actually, the 50th anniversary of Hip Hop Awards ceremony that happened in in October, just a few months ago, that we had at Arts Quest. The day before it, we had a pre party. You know, red carpet set up, and we had it at Main Gate. And um, oh yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there, in the middle of it, there was a fight on stage. I heard about this. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there was a fight on stage, and um, it was it, you know everybody saw it. It's not like you know people saw it it's not like it was a secret it was a you know like a real punches were thrown and stuff like that it was between the two djs it was a dj menace and uh and and baseline and um you know they were uh i think i think there was some some blood boiling between them over the last few months or something like that and i guess somebody ticked somebody off off stage and it just ended up in in uh yeah, <laughs> al- allegedly yeah. allegedly <laughs> yeah anyway man in the middle of it, Menace walks out, Baseline walks out, and I, I'm outside talking to people, and all of a sudden the music just stops for like, and I'm like, all right, maybe he's changing the track. He never lets the music stop. And then people come like, yo, man, do you see what happened on stage? I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, they got in a fight. We hate fights. Why, why is it happening? And I'm like, oh my God. All of a sudden, like, in like eight minutes, the music starts playing again. And this is after Menace storms out, Baseline storms out. The music starts playing again. And I'm like, oh, wow. Wait, hold on. Who's playing the music? And freaking Kaleem is up there on stage playing music from his phone. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And he became the DJ for the rest of the night. Everybody went through Bluetooth. (laughs) Through Bluetooth. Everybody else was like leaving and mad, like, oh, the music stopped. He started playing the music. Everybody went inside and everybody stayed the whole night. Had a great time. He played great music. He kept the energy going. And for him just to be there in person and be like, oh my God, I got a lot of music on my phone. Let me, let me play something. And to save that night, man, I'll never forget that, man. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I was um, I was over there. I'm trying to help him get some stuff going with the multiple camera angles and stuff. Help him out with the tech. And uh, he was telling me that story about that. So, yeah. but it was cool. We um we did, at least this Thursday the video the multiple cameras won't be set up, but um we got to just connect for an hour and talk about different things. And I had been on his show for two hours and we didn't connect like just being in the shop working on stuff like that so it was cool i had put something out i don't know my um this will probably air in a few weeks from now but i uh i lost my hard drive or it's at the shop with like three fully done episodes recorded on it so i didn't have anything to drop last night and i was gonna let it skimp but then at like 9 30 i'm like fuck it we're going live and i just recorded no mic, just straight to camera. Like I was sitting here, but I just like whipped something together and was talking about how I'm allowed to make a misstep over this amount of time. But I have to remember why I got into podcasting. Like it wasn't to feed the algorithm. I don't really care about popularity. Like it's cool that people know what I do and I love giving a platform, but you go back to the first episode, I started all this to help promote Gil Thompson's music, you know? So when people tell me I don't support local or I don't support artists, I'm like, nobody creates a show and brings artists on for a year 
(laughs) because I can't always buy their music, you know, like I'm always in donating time and service and stuff, but there's some people you'll definitely have to connect me with. I'm sitting here wondering, we talked off camera about how we have close to 300 mutual friends on Facebook. And I'm like, there's no way that's possible. If I go through my messenger right now, just people who are in my inbox, you mentioned a whole bunch of them. I got phase one in here, you, I've got um, Johnny Bills. I just reached out to him. I've got uh, Colleen Bailey. I got Quesa, Angel, Tim Foster, Quantitated. I mean, not to put everybody's business out, but (laughs) we talk to the same people, you know? So I'm glad you were able to come and hop on my show. I wanted to go through... I wrote notes and we haven't even used them. It's been a great conversation, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's natural. And but, you know, it's natural because I mean, like, like you said, we, 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 we kind of like, you know, knew each other, you know, for for eight, mm-hmm. ten years. You know, we knew what each other was doing, and uh, you know, to be able to sit down, you know, I, I, I felt like this was going to be a natural conversation because we had a lot to talk about over the last ten years. For sure, for sure. Well, for the more recent, is there anything like how are you building and learning from your failures with Reggae Fast? And like, is there anything you're going to do different for LVA uh, Music Award or sorry, not LVMA for Hip Hop Awards next year? Uh, Yeah, good, good, uh, good questions. Um, Yeah, I mean, that's I'm really the people that work with me know this. I'm I'm really self-critical about uh, the things I do. in some ways, I'm a I'm a perfectionist, but kind of laid back perfectionist, if that makes sense. Kind of kind of oxymoron, but uh, um, I always and and I think it's a bad thing, possibly. But after every show, my first thoughts. I I did about 120 shows, 130 shows almost, um, in the last uh, you know 18 years or whatever, and uh, after every event, my mind automatically goes to all right what went wrong mm-hmm. and uh how can we make sure that doesn't happen again how can we be better for next time and that's such a buzzkill when you're sitting with the people who just mm-hmm. ran the whole show with you and your first thing that you bring up is wow what a great night you know you say, i say the small stuff right? you know three yeah. positives and negative but my real thing is i want to get to all right we messed up here here and here how did that happen? Who was on that? How can we make sure that does that doesn't happen again? Such a buzzkill. Like, you know, everybody at the end of the show should be like, oh man, what a night. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, I'm learning that more and more as you know, so every show, you know, you you get into the experience of things and experience really gives you the knowledge. You know, you could you could read about theories and stuff like that and how to do things but really you really learn when you experience and you actually do what whatever you're trying to do and you do it not just once but you do it over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again um that's why you know you got your professors who are you know 60 70 years old and they could just talk about this stuff because they've been doing it for 50 40 40 50 years um so so you know when it comes to reggae fest you know there's a lot we can improve you know that's just where my mind goes uh and i and i want to improve it and in order for us to get to that goal of becoming the largest free reggae festival in the country we're going to have to keep improving so um yeah we we got some things to do there when it comes to the uh, lehigh valley hip-hop awards um we're gonna try to uh improve uh, on that award show too i will say this though the the award show was such a culmination over you know five years 
um, we wanted to make sure we had our ducks in a row um, before we had this show. And once we had that opportunistic time, it was like, all right, let, we're ready for it. Let's, let's do it. Um, and the team was amazing. Um, you know, the whole team, I, I big shout out to, you know, the marketing again, uh, you know, uh, at, at the top of the list, I big shout out to, uh, Angel Ohea Hitman. He, he took that whole show and he created every single piece of content for that show. There were 88 videos that he had to create, 88 videos, um, the longest one being uh, about five minutes long, uh, the shortest ones being you know, 20 seconds or whatever. But yeah. he had he had to create 88 uh, different videos to make that show happen. And uh, he did it. Um, you know, Izzy Fletcher was was great backstage. Rich Wilson, uh, who who helps out with uh, 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 One Earth Reggae Fest, too. Um, he's doing his thing, um, you know. You know, I, while I'm while I'm bringing this up, I, I have to mention too that all of them are pretty self-critical too, because they when we had this conversation after after the events, they were all like, "Hmm, for next year, let's brainstorm right away." And that, you know, before I started on this tangent, I said there's pros and cons to to you know talking about like the negatives right away mm -hmm. uh, after a show, but the one good thing is is that everybody know and still feels the the things that happened wrong and how exactly. to improve because it just happened and everybody mm -hmm. knows it happened who were running the show so it's like instead of waiting a few weeks to talk about it and then you kind of forget oh it was it was not a big deal but okay but how can we not make that happen again for next year how can we improve that's why i think i do it after every show even though it's a buzzkill <laughs> i mean sometimes the imperfections are dope True. That was the point True. of me putting out like a half-assed episode and talking <laughs> about how much work it is to put out a good pristine episode. Like people yeah, see yeah, us yeah, just yeah. having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. They don't realize my mind is wondering, <laughs> is camera A still rolling? And like is the battery going? But no, it's almost like the I, I remember at one point at the LV Music Awards, I think what's his name was up, uh Meat Beats had won yeah. an award. Yeah. That, and yeah. J Capital P didn't know that he was in the building. So he started going on. On yes. how we're gonna dedicate this to, and then Meat walks yeah. up on stage, <laughs> and the music drops, and yeah. he was like, "Oh, I didn't even know you were here. I could have sworn yeah. that was scripted. Like oh, that worked out so well." That is so funny you bring that up. Oh my god, I love that moment. That was such a good moment. Yeah, um, because you know, you know, you know, Meat, Meat, you know, he's just you know top notch, and he's been doing it for so long in this area, so everybody knows him. And and you know what? For him to be able to do that, not come there early so people see him, just to come there and then walk up late to the stage, that's him, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's no. It. And you know what? It was it, and it's funny. Shout out to Meat. I'll tell you, he comes by, and uh, I'm gonna take it back to Empower Six One Zero Day. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they have me. They pull me on stage to give me flowers. I think you were one of the at, at West End at, at the yeah, at yeah, the, park, yeah. at the park at the Arts Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sitting there talking to Meat about when are you going to be on the podcast? Let's set something up. And they go, and now we want to bring up Tony Ortiz. I had no idea that Nice and Lewis were going to give me flowers on stage. Same, so man. I'm like, yo, I got to go. Hang on. So I go up, I get my awards. <laughs> Next time I see him is when he's coming off the stage at 
LV Music Awards and he comes over and he whispers to me, keep doing your thing with the podcast. I'm going to have a crazy story. <laughs> he shows me the, the thing and just walks off. And I'm like, that is yep, him, man. That's yep, him. Yep, yep. But he's great, though, man. He's great, man. Yeah, I got to get, get him for coffee as well as uh, this. But I don't know. You want to shout out where people can. Well, is there anyone else you want to shout out? Any new music you want people to check out? You never know who's listening. Yeah, man. Um, I, there's just, there's just so many. I mean, we we had a really solid list at the uh, at the hip hop awards ceremony. We had a really solid list for nominees, um, and you know, you still got the the old school people in this area that that put on you know and, and create good music. But uh, this new generation is a is a is a great talent. Um, I, there's just too many to just point out and, and just say sure. say a few. But you know, and, and this is. This is why I, I think it's so important for the people that can put something together to put something together in a collaboration where it has to be noticed by big donors and funders and venues, um, because that's when you get the recognition. And I'm not I'm not against like the the little bar shows and stuff like that, but when you go to like a an established venue that has millions of dollars of funding backing it every year. It opens doors uh, and open the networking is at a different level that I realized from my experience where some of those things where we can push some of our talent to become a superstar, a regional or, or a national superstar that I believe that that's where it's going to happen. I, I could be wrong. That might not be the best path. It might be a, the best path that just doing a crazy viral video and it going viral and then, you know, catching a storm from there and, and, you know, signing with somebody, we don't really know, but mm -hmm. I, I will shout out. If I could shout out one person, it would be red McFly. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah red McFly. Shout out red McFly. Yeah, Cause uh, he, uh, he, um, you know, I doing the hip hop awards ceremony, it was kind of like a history lesson for me because mm -hmm. I'm not particularly a, a, a music person. I'm, I'm really not. It's, um, that's the honest truth. I'm more of an organizer. Mm -hmm. that, that's what I'm at. And I saw the talent in the music in this area and I just got drawn to it. And I saw, I saw, always saw the power in music, how, you know, so in, in that type of art, you know, it's, uh, it's very powerful. It could move communities. It's healing. Uh, so I, I saw that and I was like, I just got, I gravitated towards it, but I, I through the history lesson that I learned through the award ceremony, uh, and I, I had some one-on-one -on -one conversations with Red, and Red was so um, so open and humble to talking about not only his past but um, how to improve our show before we even had the show, uh, what he thought we needed to have to make it legit, um, yeah. and uh, and uh, he gave some great pointers. Um, but what I realized about him, man, is when you talk about the LVMAs, he was probably one of the first hip hop artist at the LVMAs to win an award. Um, you know, you're talking about at the end of the 2000s, you know, he yeah. he, he won awards, like back-to-back -back awards. Again, they weren't really uh, represented well at the LVMAs hip hop, but um, but and then he took kind of like a hiatus, but in, during his hiatus, it's not that he um, stopped. What he did was he started networking underground and building the relationships with the people in in hip hop, not just from this area, but from you know this region, you know Philadelphia, New York, New Jersey, mm -hmm. Boston, and he got to know 
some of some real key players. And what he did was he he really built the relationship with those people. So it it took him 10, 12 years to get to where he is now. So seeing where he is now at that at that precipice of of kind of blowing up, you know, um, for this area, I, I think he he is probably tops, you know, close to the tops in this area. For it's not like it just happened overnight. He put in that grind work for 10, 12 years, even longer, uh, to be honest, longer than that, um, to get to where he is now. So he took the long road. He took the building relationships, getting to know mm -hmm. people, networking. He took what I would call the old school approach to it. And he's done a fantastic job. And, and now he's at the point where he's building his team that, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, take flight society where he has different experts and different avenues that can help his team grow. I think he's doing a great job. Yeah. Super dope. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Red McFly. And if I remember, um, <clears throat> Nicole yeah. had uh, mm -hmm. spoke so highly of him in her acceptance speech because he wasn't there to receive the awards. Yeah. But yeah, drama did, and uh, she, uh, yeah, she's she's uh, she's great too. Yeah, I love talking to her. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I thought Faze was gonna Kanye the stage when Red won Best Producer. <laughs> <laughs> maybe but it was close <laughs> could be could be we'll see what happens but this was great anything you want to shout out your social or um uh, yeah i mean um you know it's movement moves media um you know so movement moves media facebook um we're, we're in, maybe uh we just don't have enough uh, manpower yet for uh, other social platforms but uh you know we our, our website is up to date and has a lot of information on that um you know www.movementmovesmedia.com um, you know, we have the WDIY show, um, uh, you know, radio show that, that we have. Uh, I love to get local talent, entrepreneurs and stuff and artists on, onto that show as much as possible. Um, and then, uh, you know, I got to give a shout out to uh, um, Promise Neighborhoods of the Lehigh Valley. Um, they have been, you know, Dr. Bats over there. You know, you talk about the nonprofit world um in the lehigh valley which was talking about the in the beginning of this uh you know conversation we talked about that yeah. that click that circle you know that's almost impossible to penetrate in this area that kind of makes the decisions in this uh in this city um dr bats has done a great job of uh building something where he he wasn't really accepted you know in the nonprofit world uh, and his board believed in him, you know, Pastor Edwards, Julie Thomas's and, and the rest on their board. He built a great board and team and that board supported him in such a way that, I mean, he grew that uh, financially 10 times from when he first started over five years uh, from when he first started to uh, a few hundred thousand dollars to now a, a multimillion dollar nonprofit and all for uh, what I would consider great, great causes. You know, um, I seen them when they were about to go out of business, basically, and then he took over as executive director and completely turned that around. And now, not only is he supporting his own employees and uh, and and all the people that they reach in this community, um, but he's supporting other uh, nonprofits and people that are doing uh, good work too. And to have that done in, in the space that he's doing it in, where it was never ex accepted. Um, he wasn't part of the circle. For him to create his own lane, man, sh you know, shout out to him. I mean, him and, and the entire team uh, at Promise Neighborhoods. Um, to be honest, our nonprofit wouldn't be where we are without their support too. 
um, you know, and now in their space, uh, right by Parquets, uh, uh, the, the, the old Ward's Oriental Rug spot, uh, 333 West Union Street by the train tracks, uh, <laughs> we're, we're having a uh, sound engineering and DJing class that's going to start in, in March, where uh, Macville and, and Bez Music are okay, going to be, yeah, be teaching. Okay, yeah, I saw it. promos uh, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, You'll have to connect gonna... me with Bez. I don't know Bez personally, oh, but uh, a lot great. of people that I talk to bring him up. So. Oh, man, he's great, man. <laughs> I met him when he was a uh, fifteen. Dude, dude talked like he was thirty when he was fifteen. Man, he was wow. like, he was like a freshman in high school, and he was just talking about business. My no, no, this is my vision for the next ten years, and everything he said when he was fifteen is is happening and more. He's just a business minded person. That's awesome. And you talk about the pedigree he comes from. So like uh, uh, Jabez Karaskia, you know his, his dad is Will. Whoa. Yeah, so Will was in the music scene for his whole life, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so was his dad. That's what I heard about back in Colombia and stuff like that. Will was so, on uh, Eric Rodriguez on Dope Individuals Only podcast. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. And that's why, you know, I've, and I listened to 106.9. That's my locked in station. That's replaced Power 99 mm-hmm. for me, at least yeah. when I'm not on my Spotify mm-hmm. or something. So I'd love for you to connect us. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I would love to. That would be a great meeting. Yeah, he's a great person. Good energy. For sure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Cool. So we'll find the man at Movement Moves Media. This has been another episode of I Will Not Lose Podcast. Thank you with uh, for staying tuned through that Rocky filler episode, but we won't do that again, at least not this year. All right. Thanks for staying tuned, guys. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of I Will Not Lose Podcast. To support the show, visit IWillNotLosePodcast.com. You can subscribe to your favorite podcast player. Share the episode link, leave a comment. Your contribution is greatly appreciated. And if you're listening in and can't see the QR code for donation, go to tothedesigner.com slash links, and there's instructions to donate up there. Thanks so much. 